0: I grew up Unitarian Universalist. This is a phrase that I announce with pride at pretty much any opportunity. And that's kind of silly when you consider that, like anything, uh, like many of my privileges, it was an accident of birth. I spent most Sundays in the religious education program of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Cherry Hill in New Jersey from the age of three until the age of 18, My father had been introduced to the UU faith as a teen in Riverside, California. And then when touring preschools for me in southern New Jersey, my parents found the hippie preschool at the local UU church to their liking, and they soon joined the church as well. This was a surprisingly easy fit for both of them, my mother, the spiritual Presbyterian, and my father, the grumpy atheist. Both instantly felt at home. I, of course, didn't know anything about this. I just remember the church being a part of my life, my childhood, my family, every holiday. There was something very comforting and centering about my church. It offered me and my brother Pete the opportunity to be in a community that reflected and magnified my family's values. This was a great help as our family's progressive ideas often seemed at odds with our culture at large, both nationally during the Reagan years and locally in our conservative suburban New Jersey town. Every Sunday, the moral lessons and loving support of our parents got reinforced by the good and imperfect people of UUCCH. I remember doing crafts in the younger classes, and I remember darting in and out of tolerant adults during coffee hour. But most of my memories of growing up in my UU church are from my youth group, There was the time Rudy Nemzer, our minister at the time, invited each youth group member out to lunch for a private conversation. He patiently explained the difference between an atheist and agnostic, humanist and deist. He told me honestly that he was, at that time, an agnostic, and why, and he asked me what I thought I might be. He treated me like I was a human being with a brain whose questions had merit and who might even have something interesting to say to him. I remember my youth group room very well, down to the way the musty couches smelled. I was elected chair of the youth group in that room. The first time in my life, I was voted as the head of anything. The first time anyone considered shy little old me a leader. And look at me now. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) My youth group was an escape from the narrow confines of my school's social hierarchy. In youth group, I had friends who didn't know I was considered deeply uncool by most of my peers. Youth group friends laughed and commiserated with me when I relayed a story of being lovingly told by a school friend that I would surely go to hell for not believing in God. I remember youth group Sunday, the year I was youth group chair, when we reenacted the young man facing down the line of tanks in Tiananmen Square. It was very, very dramatic. We blasted We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel in a deeply subtle and unique rebuke of our parents and their entire generation. I then danced a melodramatic solo to Steve Winwood's The Finer Things to help lighten the mood. And throughout the whole morning, we took turns expressing our outrage about the issues of the day. The adults in that congregation showed up, listened, and responded graciously with applause and congratulations. I want to highlight the power of this. Adults gave us teens an entire Sunday service to speak our truth in all its omniscient, pubescent glory, and then they thanked us for it. As part of our youth group, I went on weekend Habitat for Humanity trips. I stood in support of a local women's uh, health clinic when protesters threatened to shut it down. I traveled to Boston to learn more about UU history. I visited local faith communities of every stripe. Empathy, curiosity, and a passion for social justice were embedded in everything we did. But perhaps the most extraordinary gift of our UU church was my experience as a young teenager in the AYS program. For those of you who are not familiar with AYS, the acronym stands for About Your Sexuality, and it was the unique sexuality program developed by the UUA and the United Church of Christ in the 1970s. The program has since been transformed into a much larger enterprise that is offered in many UU churches called OWL, Our Whole Lives, with programs from young adulthood all the way up, uh, excuse me, young childhood all the way up through adulthood. At the very first day of my AYS class, I walked into the youth group room and saw large white sheets of paper up around every single wall. At the top of each sheet of paper was a word or phrase relating to sexuality. I was a sheltered kid, and I didn't know what some of the words really meant. The leaders, adults who were not parents of anyone in the room, very important, gave us each a marker and told us to walk around the room and write down all the slang terms we could think of for each word at the top. We were shy at first, quietly writing, but by the end of the class, our laughter rang out in the room and the papers were full. This was fun, we thought, emboldened by the things we had read and written. What's next? We weren't done. What was next is that we were each given a couple of those sheets of paper and we had to take turns reading them aloud. Reading them aloud. My inner teenager is crumbling at the memory even today. By the real end of this exercise, we had been humbled. We had all uttered the craziest slangs and curse words related to sexuality that you could imagine in front of our peers and adults from our church. This breaking of all taboos was the intention, of course. The exercise set the tone for the openness, acceptance, and full-bodied approach to sexuality that was to come. There were no limits to what we could say. This was in deep contrast to the sexuality education that I received in my middle and high school. Preventing STDs and pregnancy were the focus, and I remember clinical sides of herpes and syphilis intended, I'm sure, to scare us celibate. What I didn't hear in school and what I found instead in my UU church was a discussion of pleasure, consent, the importance of deep self-reflection, honest communication, and clear-eyed decision-making. At church, we learned how to communicate our boundaries and our desires. Explicit in the class was this message. Sexuality is a part of life that we can embrace on our own terms, despite the pressures and mixed messages of our society at large. And this message too, sex is about pleasure and you deserve it. It wasn't until I got to college that I really understood how unique my church experience was. I delighted in telling friends what I had learned in my church AYS class, if only to see their jaws drop and hear them say, what kind of church is that? (laughs) The best kind. As a young adult, I called myself a UU, but I rarely went to church. I considered myself fortunate for having had such a great religious upbringing, and I felt that I must be done. Unlike so many of my peers, I had no church-related baggage to reject or work through. I didn't need to forge a new spiritual path or identity. I had no fear that if I didn't go to church, I would go to hell. I didn't have anything to rebel against or a strict religion to disavow but I did still need to pull away from my parents, forge my own identity, and become an adult on my own terms. I don't think any adolescent really escapes that need, no matter how much awesome, you openness they are raised with. In my teen years, I thought growing up had an endpoint, and I don't mean death. You're a kid, and you grow up, and then you're an adult. And as an adult, I assumed I would sit on some calm plateau of wise existence and feel settled and at ease everybody's laughing already. As I move through my 20s and 30s and now 40s, I keep waiting to feel grown up, to find this plateau of wise existence. And it never comes. It was at first an awful realization. Am I never going to feel grown up? Am I always going to feel like I don't know what I'm doing? If adulthood doesn't bring more concrete understanding, what does it bring? I moved to San Francisco a year after college graduation. I went to the UU church there once, but it was in a very large, very dark, traditional, churchy building. And the sermon that day was extremely gaudy. And it didn't feel familiar or comforting, and I never returned. But I was still a UU in my head and in my heart. In my late 20s, I married my husband, Wyatt, and we moved to Southern California where we had our daughters Zoe and Eliza. When Zoe was three and Eliza just three months old, Wyatt took a job in Ashburn and we moved to Leesburg. By the time Zoe was four, she was asking a lot of questions about gender, people, death, evil in the world, how babies are made. She was a verbally precocious, intensely curious child, and we, as her parents, struggled to keep up with her inquiries. When we lost my father-in-law suddenly, Zoe started to get extremely concerned and confused about death especially after hearing from preschool classmates that there was this magical place called heaven that her parents had failed to mention. We bought her every non-religious kid's book about death that we could find and encouraged her to read and write and draw and ask questions. I knew, though, where we should take her. You see, at this time, I was also struggling. I felt lonely and isolated here in Leesburg, I didn't fit in with the moms I was meeting at the library story hour, and I yearned for meaningful connection with liberal free thinkers. It was Wyatt who gently suggested, what about the UU church? Surely you'll find like-minded people there. So one day, Zoe and I came here. It was an Earth Day intergenerational service, and she was immediately invited to participate. I spent the whole time watching her face. What did she think? Did this place feel good, safe? interesting. She liked it. She asked to come back the next week, which happened to be her fifth birthday. But more importantly, I liked it. I felt good, safe, interested. I felt at home. My husband Wyatt was clear from the beginning. As an atheist, he couldn't fathom personally attending church with any regularity, but he was very supportive of us going, as he knew it was an important part of my childhood. At first, I was exclusively focused on my girls. I spent a lot of time downstairs that first year. My younger daughter, Eliza, was a clingy two-year-old and not comfortable being without me, so I sat down there with her for a while. And besides, I was done. I had already experienced the benefit of growing up UU. Now it was her turn. But as Eliza grew more comfortable downstairs without me, I slowly spent more and more time upstairs, and something really weird happened. I began to think and feel things during and after services I hadn't thought or felt before. I began to think that maybe I wasn't done. Growing up UU in my 40s takes many forms. I've served on our governing board for over two years now and I've found tremendous personal growth as I've worked to rewrite bylaws, run board meetings, and work towards consensus during challenging conversations. Engaging in the work that makes this church run has been a part of my spiritual growth. Being a leader in the church is a tremendous growing edge for me. As a people pleasing introvert, I do not fit the traditional role of a leader. But I want to learn and I want to grow and I want to serve. And so here I am. I've grown through teaching in our RE program. I can honestly say I've learned as much from being with our children as I have from listening to sermons. To hear our children recite the kids' opening words or to watch them in their moment of mindfulness is to be inspired. Case in point, on a Sunday afternoon a few years ago, I agreed to fill in as a youth group assistant and found myself being reintroduced to meditation with Lee McCarthy, who's a friend of the church and she was finishing her certification to teach meditation to children. It was so clear to me as I sat and attempted to meditate with our kids that I needed this. It was filling me, feeding me in a vital way. So after that day, I committed to creating a personal meditation practice, starting with a six-week at-home course and continuing on to the present day through various meditation apps on my phone. Meditation has opened a whole new avenue of self-discovery for me and gives me something vital and life-sustaining. And that's what we're all doing here, isn't it? Looking for things that feed us, that fill us up with something maybe we didn't know we were lacking. So how do we make this a place that encourages the very best version of growing up? Growing up to a higher, more mature, and thoughtful version of ourselves. We value our children, and we put our muscle, our time, and our money behind that value. It isn't lost on me that I have brought my kids into a church that doesn't currently offer owl programming. I hope that will change. If not in time for my kids, then for others'. We value our own personal growth. We don't allow ourselves to coast or shut down. We don't let ourselves off the hook. We think deeply. We challenge even our longest-held beliefs. We allow others to challenge us. And we value the growth of others, even if that means they grow away from where we are or where we think they should be. In Buddhism, there's a concept of the beginner's mind which is the idea of being open, eager, and without preconceptions, no matter your experience level. This gets harder as we get older, of course. We start to think we know everything, or maybe we've been hurt or disappointed, and that starts to make us cynical or defensive or closed off. Our growing up stops, not because we can no longer grow, but because we have shut down or gotten in our own way. So I like to think about having a growing up mind, I'm still growing up, and I strive to always be. What I'm looking for in this community, in this space, are things that help me grow to a higher place, that feed me in some essential way. And so my question to you is this. What feeds you and your growing up self? Is it something you found here? Something you can create here? If you didn't have the benefit of growing up Unitarian Universalist, but frankly, even if you did, what did you need as a kid to grow and blossom? Chances are there are many of the same things you need to grow now. Did you need to be challenged or comforted? Do you need peace and quiet or frequent stimulation and connection? Do you need to be needed to feel important, to be seen? Do you need answers do you need to be able to ask questions that don't get answers? Whatever your soul food is, yourself needs it to continue to grow. And my hope is you find it here or create it here. Does anyone have a kid who is hard on themselves? I do, and I often reassure her after making a mistake, it's okay, you're still growing up. You're supposed to make mistakes. It's all part of learning. So one of the things I like best about reminding myself that I'm still growing up is this capacity for forgiveness and kindness, a simple grace in the face of mistakes. I've often heard the admonition, you're a grown-up, act like it. But I'd much rather hear a different one. You're growing up, act like it. So I realize now that growing up and aging are two different things. I was right, in a way, about that plateau of adulthood. I had kind of plateaued in my 20s, in some ways, by assuming I was done with any and all spiritual growth. So now, here I am again, at the age of 44, continuing to grow up Unitarian Universalist. Growing up, I've come to believe, is the result of mature reflection on ideas and beliefs and experience the thoughtful acquisition of wisdom, the deepening of self-knowledge and self-acceptance. It is also the realization that adulthood can bring more questions and more uncertainty, not less. We all age over the years, of course, but how much we grow up or not has to do with our choices, what we choose to do or not to do every day of our lives, maybe even what we choose to do or not to do every Sunday. So just in case you fall into that same way of thinking that adulthood is or should be some long plateau of clarity and surety, remind yourself that we can still be growing and growing up every day. So who is lucky enough to grow up Unitarian Universalist? We all are. It's never too late to grow up Unitarian Universalist.